Welcome to the Humans Under Grace Bible Study Podcast. We're getting ready to have an old-fashioned line-on-line, precept-on-precept study of God's Word to search out those deeper truths and gain a greater understanding of the Bible. We would love for you to join us today as we dig in and learn what it is God would truly have us to know from His letter that He wrote to us. Welcome into this episode of Humans Under Grace, uh, the Bible study. We're going to be picking it up today in Genesis chapter 6, verse 1. And we're going to get into Noah and the flood and the reason for the flood. Before we do that, uh, I believe it's important to mention that even Christ mentioned this flood. In Matthew chapter 24, verse, we'll pick it up in 36. Verse 36 says, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. 37. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For they, for as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. 39. And they knew not until the flood came and took them all away, and so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, being that Christ pointed this out, this specific event, and said that it's going to be just like it was here, well, then it's, that kind of gives us um, inspiration, I guess, to really dig in and see what was really going on at this time. Why is it that he would call this event out and say it's going to be just like this. So as we pick it up today, Genesis chapter 6, verse 1, we ask for clarity and understanding from our Father in Jesus' name. And verse 1 reads, And it came to pass when men, that men, eth ha-adam, that man Adam, through which Christ's genealogy would come, began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them. The sons of God that being the angels, Moffat translates this the angels, uh, the Septuagint says it's the angels of God, saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all of which they chose. So these fallen angels, these the plan of God is that we should be born innocent of woman, born from above. And these fallen angels decided to go against God and they came down and impregnated woman. They married woman without being born of woman. Now there's the main problem with that is it's our responsibility to be born in the flesh. So they automatically went against that. The other problem with that is you have these who weren't born of the flesh who have not had their recall Uh, taken from them, basically. You see, you're born innocent of woman, meaning that you're born innocent in the fact that you don't remember what happened before, but it's our duty to study God's Word, to to realize what happened to the the best of our ability and through gifts from from God itself, from the Holy Spirit, to understand and remember what happened. Therefore, we can make our mind up whether we choose to love God or follow Satan. But now these decided just to come right on down, not having that memory wiped clean, not being born innocent. So they, knowing all these things, 
can come down and and putrefy men, can corrupt men with their their uh, full knowledge, I guess you could say. Also, being that this is the line that Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 says, Thy seed shall have enmity with her seed. This is that line through which that seed were to come. These angels were coming to corrupt that line to where there would not be a pure genealogy from Adam and Eve down to Christ. That's the whole purpose of this, is to wipe that genealogy out to where that plan of God could not be accomplished. They're not going to be able to do that. Uh, verse 3, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive al- uh, shall not always strive, or this is contend, with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be in 120 years. Now Moffat translates this, being that, that man is flesh and God is eternal, then he's, he's going to die. That's what it basically is saying. You can't, you're not going to live in the flesh forever. And so now we have this 120-year generation set up. Verse 4, there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, now this is the um, children of the sons of God, of the angels, and the daughters of man. And also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, and the same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. Now many people, they get confused, or they, they wonder where in the world such as Greek mythology or Norse mythology, where they would come up with all these incredible figures with superpowers and super strength, maybe not so much laser vision and stuff, but super strength or could run fast or were huge. Were these men of renown, the heroes of old, that's these, these people, these hybrids, those that were, that were half uh, angel and half human. And even uh, Hercules... In, if you if you read in any of that stuff, he was half and half, <clears throat> and um, so that that's where your all those mythologies came from is from the stories of these hybrids of this this hybrid race basically coming into being and then just dominating the humans. A lot of people say, well, that you know, if that were so, there'd be remains. Well, if you look. Just do some research. There are remains of huge people. The uh, it's nothing to find twenty and forty foot tall humans or hybrids uh, found all over the Middle East and around in that area. Uh, verse five. And God saw that the wickedness or the evil of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And this don't just mean mankind, this means Adam also. We kind of step back in time. We're not exactly at Noah's uh, uh, life yet. This step back in time, back to after Adam had been kicked out of the garden, and now it's kind of given a uh, explanation as to why Noah was found to be such a righteous man. Because even Adam himself had corrupted himself. Um, verse 6 and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart and the Lord said I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth both man and beast and the creeping thing 
and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. <clears throat> These are the generations of Noah, or the history of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, or in his genealogy, his pedigree. So what this is saying is that the line from Adam to Noah had not mixed with the fallen angels, nor had Noah or his family. And Noah walked with God, just as Enoch had walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. If you look around today, it's really right there. It's a whole lot of, a lot of the earth today is corrupted. It is evil. Uh, it don't take much of a look, even in this country. It don't take much of a look to see evil. Uh, I, I'll just leave that right there. Verse 13, And God said unto Noah, The end of, the, of, of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. So, so far, Satan's angels, who were given and taken in marriage, as, as we read first in Matthew 24, they were given and taken in marriage. Well, who was that? That was the fallen angels and the daughters of God, those who went against God's plan. There's going to come a time before Satan returns or during the return of Satan that his minions are also going to be with him. It's the basically, you could say, the third influx. Because there was an influx. This was the first time that the angels uh, came to the daughters of Adam. Now, there was a time after this that we read whenever it was basically when God made a covenant with Abraham that, he would, that his seed or that his family would become more numerous than the stars of the heavens and the sands of the sea that they tried to infiltrate that family also. And when Abraham moved to Canaan, there were already Canaanites there who were giants. And then they also, through the years, all the way down through it, you see times of Saul went into uh, Canaan, and there were giants, and he was supposed to take them all out, and he didn't. Then David and Goliath. Goliath was a Philistine. He was a giant. And he tried to come at the line. He, he, you know, they come up against David, which through that line, through David, came Christ. And so it's just, it's that battle raging forever there. And as we come to the end, well, there is an election that is to stand against Satan. And that election is going to be tempted heavily by these little minions of Satan that are coming to deceive the world. And many people are going to think that he's coming as a warrior. He's, he's going to come back and he's going to be bombing just everything. And, you know, if you, if you watch them, if you believe Hollywood and watch the movies as to what the Antichrist is going to be like, well, it's basically just World War Three. The thing about it is that in Daniel chapter 9, it says he comes peacefully and prosperously. You can't come peacefully and prosperously and be lobbing heads off right and left or blowing cities up, and that's not going to fool anybody. And if you come in and you say, well, you got a, uh, 
you, you have to bow down or you're going to die right now. Well, then it's going to be pretty obvious that's Satan. But it come, he comes in looking like the lamb slain. He looks just like Christ, acts like Christ. And he's coming in in a spiritual war. It's not a war of the flesh. As Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, it's not a war of flesh and blood, but of principles and principalities upon high. So we've got to watch this because all the way from the beginning, it's been a way just to, 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 during this time of the angels and the daughters of God, this is a way to get Christ out of it. And when he returns, he's going to be trying to get Christ away. And that's all he's trying to do is take over that mercy seat, that, that position of Christ like he has done since the beginning, since Ezekiel chapter 28. All right, so back to Genesis 6, pick it up, verse 11. And, it, and the earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. 12, and God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, and all flesh had corrupted his ways upon the earth. All right, 13. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. 14. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. Now these two words for pitch, they're different in the Hebrew, just a little bit. The first one is 3722, and it's kafar. And it can mean pitch, or it also means atonement. And it's the only word in the, in the Old Testament used for atonement. So if we fast forward to Christ in his teaching, what was happening here? God made an, an atonement to save this, this family, this, these chosen people here. Now, <clears throat> at that time coming, the chosen people are those who are going to not bow a knee to Satan, but love and, and follow the true Christ. And then the second word pitch is kofar, and that means a redemption price or a price paid for redemption. And it also is um, comes from the word or is used for um, campfire. And that is a, uh, a, a plant used to dye stuff red. They used it uh, back, I don't, I don't know if they still use it, but I know that in biblical times they used it to dye their nails red, the ladies did, to dye their nails red or maybe dye their, the palms of their hands red and so on and so forth. So what if, if you look at there, a redemption price that, it, that is a dying agent that, that turns things red, well, in Psalms 22, it's a, Psalms 22 is a prophecy of the crucifixion. It tells everything all the way down to the words that would come out of the mouth of the high priest during the crucifixion of Christ. And at one point, it prophesies Christ saying, I am a worm. And that worm is a crimson worm that was used to dye clothes red. So what this is saying spiritually here, if we take it to the teaching of Christ and how it's going to be at the return of Christ, then <clears throat> excuse me, there is an atonement set up by this one who paid the price who was dyed red, which is Christ. He was beaten, crucified, tortured, 
and just completely turned red from his own blood. 15. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make of it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, and the the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. Now, there are two types of cubits. There are, there's a a profane cubit, which is around 17 and a half inches, and there is a sacred cubit, which was uh, 25 inches, if I remember right. So if you just round that to just say 24 inches to make it easy, <clears throat> you're looking at an arc that was 600, <clears throat> excuse me, that was 600 feet long, 100 foot wide, and 60 foot tall. Now, this is a, that's a, Pretty big boat for back in the day. Um, verse 16. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and it and in it a cubit shall be finished, shall thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shall thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories, shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, for emphasis, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth. Erets. Now this is the the, the land there. To destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy wives, uh, thy sons and thy wife, and thy sons' wives with thee. And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind. Of every creeping thing of the earth after its kind, two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. And take thou unto thee all of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food to thee and for them. <clears throat> Thus Noah did, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. All right, so... We'll just move right on into chapter 7. Uh, chapter 7, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. He's the, basically, he's the only one that is not, uh, has not profaned himself, him and his family, with these fallen angels. They have the, the, they still carry a pure genealogy, and these are the ones that are going to be used to continue that genealogy down to Christ. <clears throat> Verse 2. Of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and his female, and a beast that are not clean by two, and the male and his female. Now the reason for this would be because they're going to need food. You're not going to eat unclean animals, so you just need two of them. But or two pairs, but the uh, clean you're gonna they're they're gonna have to eat a few of them while they're on this uh, ark, and also whenever it comes to pass, whenever it's over, then this is also gonna give some for sacrifices for offerings. Uh, verse three of the fowls also of the uh, air by sevens, the male and the female to keep seed alive upon the face of the earth, for yet seven days. And I will cause it to pa- to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights, 
and every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. Now, 40 in biblical numerics means probation. Uh, Seven means spiritual completeness. But this probation, it's going to be a probationary period. We see this, you see the 40 days and 40 nights of Noah, the 40 years in the desert or the wilderness um, with um, Moses, and then also the 40 days of fasting of Christ before he was tempted in the wilderness after his baptism. Uh, Verse 5, And Noah did according unto all that the Lord had commanded him. And Noah was 600 years old when the flood of the waters was upon the earth. And Noah went in, and his sons, and his wife, and his son's wife with him, into the ark because of the waters of the flood. Now this is an entire family saved because they they followed God's plan. It's important to understand what God's plan is and to know the chronological order of events coming so as not to be deceived, but to be able to get on that ark and that ark being that testament of Christ. Uh, We'll talk more about that in just a minute. Verse 8, Of clean beasts and of the beasts that are not clean and of the fowls and of everything that creepeth upon the earth, there went in two and two unto, uh, unto Noah into the ark, the male and the female, as God had commanded. And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. And in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, in the 17th day of the month, the same day were upon the foundations of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven opened up. Now that date is important because later on in chapter uh, 8, I believe, it gives this same day a year later that they were on this ark for an entire year. Uh, Verse 12, And the rain was upon the earth forty days and forty nights. In the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah, and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them into the ark. They and every beast after his kind, and all the cattle after their kind, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and every fowl after his kind, every bird of every sort. And they went in unto Noah into the ark two and two of all flesh, wherein is the breath of life, wherein is the ruach, that is the spirit. Now, people would say, just as in all the way back in Genesis chapter 1, that all man came from Adam and Eve, and we've studied that on the sixth day God created all mankind, well, then they would say that all man came from Noah and his children. And there are even some pretty ridiculous um, fables, I guess you could say, about this family. But right there it says, two of two of all flesh wherein the Ruach, the Spirit of God is. Well, man's flesh. So, right there, two of each, of every man, of every race, of every uh, culture, was saved right here. Verse 16, And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. Who shut him in there? The Lord shut him in. 
Noah didn't pull a rope or uh, seal a hatch. God sealed him into this ark. And the flood was 40 days upon the earth, and the earth or the waters increased and bare up the ark, and it was lifted up above the earth. And the waters prevailed and were increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark went upon the face of the waters, and the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. And all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of fowl and of cattle, and of the beast, and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, and every man. All in whose nostrils was the breath of life, of all that was in the dry land died. <clears throat> and every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the ground, both men and cattle, and the creeping things, and the fowl of heaven. And they were destroyed from the earth, and Noah only remained alive, and they that were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed upon the earth an hundred and fifty days. A hundred and fifty days. Now that is also an important number. 150 days, if you divide that by 30, is five. Five months. So why is that important? I'm going to jump back to Revelation chapter 12 right quick. Revelation chapter 12. All the way back, we're in the first book. We're going to go all the way back to the last book. That's how this word of God works. It's just one big continuous circle. So, as we said, Satan wants to copy Christ as much as he can. Just, he wants to be Christ so bad. And that was the problem, that was his downfall, as he decided he should be God, or he should be uh, set on that throne of God. As much as we were talking about a flood, let's pick it up in Revelation chapter 12, verse 12. Therefore rejoice ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knows he has but a short time. A short time to do what? A short time to get as many followers as he can following him. Now, you cannot go out and force people to follow you truly. What's the old saying? You catch more flies with honey than you can with vinegar? Uh, chapter uh, Verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. Now, in the beginning of this, this was Mother Israel, and it's bringing forth Christ, and then also those who follow Christ, those Christians. But these are the ones that know the real truth, that actually take the time to study and understand that Antichrist is coming, and that there is a war, that spiritual war, <clears throat> even going on to this day in heaven. And he will come, and there will be testimonies need be given that even those who are following him will hear those testimonies because it will be not us speaking, but the Holy Spirit speaking through those. And they will even be delivered and repent and come, into God, come unto God again. Verse 14. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle. Now, in Deuteronomy chapter 32, God is compared to an eagle that flutters above his nest and protects his children. 
that she might fly into the wilderness into her place where she is nourished for a time and times and a half time from the face of the serpent. Now here we have that serpent. It's the same as the devil. It's not some magic snake that's going around talking. It is Satan himself. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman. He did what? The serpent is flooding the earth. But where did it come from? It come out of his mouth. Well, what comes out of your mouth? Out of Satan's mouth comes lies. So he issued forth this flood of lies to go around to try to carry the woman away, this, this chosen people of God, those Christians who are carrying the testimony of Christ. He's trying to sweep them off of their feet with these beautiful lies. I'm Christ. Come follow me. I'll give you everything you want. I'm here. I'm, I'm just ready to just take you right out of here. We've got to be careful because Satan's coming. And I'm not him. I'm really not. But he is. He's a liar. That he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. <clears throat> Verse 16. And the earth helped the woman. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. There we have God intervening. You see, to understand God's plan and, and to, to know what's coming, then that's that seal of God that's placed in our head, in our forehead. That's in your brain, in your mind, so that we, can't, we, we won't be deceived as long as we stick with God. Verse 17, And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Have that testament. We're placed in that ark, in that ark of, of being sealed of God. We're sealed by this word. That boy, when these flood of lies come, we are not harmed, but we float above them. We rise up above them knowing this true word. And we have the testimony of Christ and that atoning blood of his salvation from the cross. Now, why was five months important? Jump back with me to Revelation chapter 9. We're going to close it out here. And we're going to pick it up. <clears throat> Let's just start at verse 1. We'll just run through it. Uh, chapter 9, Revelation chapter 9, verse 1. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as a smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Now here's Satan right at it again. He's trying to copy Christ. When Christ shows up in Matthew 24, 29, the sun is darkened, and the, the stars fall, and the moon don't give its light. Well, he's just doing his best to imitate the coming of Christ, even though he is not Christ. Verse 3, And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them, unto them was given power, as scorpions of the earth have power. Now how do scorpions have power? They sting you with their tail. And uh, basically, the natural, the, the, the way a scorpion works is whenever they sting their victim, paralyzes them, and then they, they clamp onto them. Say, say a scorpion gets a wasp. Walsh has an exoskeleton. So that scorpion uh, injects his, basically, uh, digestive fluids into that animal or into that insect. 
And then whenever he, whenever everything's good and churned up in there and it's ready to be ate, then he just comes back and just pulls out the nutrients from inside that exoskeleton. So basically, it corrupts you from within. That's exactly what Satan and his minions will do, is corrupt you from within. You won't ever see it physically, but from within, your spirit will start turning if you follow these folks. <clears throat> Verse 4, And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. Now, obviously, this is not true locusts, because locusts eat grass. They eat green things. So what in the world would be they, if they were locusts, they wouldn't last very long if they couldn't eat something. Um, verse 5, And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should torment them, Five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. Genesis chapter 6, 150 days in this flood. Five months. So, that just kind of... It, it, it really just brings the whole story right on around. Christ's teaching is in, in Mark chapter 13, verse 23. He said, Behold, I have foretold you all things. And he did. And he has, through the prophets and through this word of God. Now, we will pick it back up in chapter 8 in our next lecture. Um, it's always a pleasure. God bless you, and have a great day. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of the Humans Under Grace Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, you can go to our website at www.humansundergrace.com and under the Contact Us page, submit your question. Also, you can write to us at Humans Under Grace, P.O. Box 1467, Tatum, Texas 75691. Thank you, and God bless you.